At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz, hour number three of the program here. I am Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, and breaking down the games for Week 7 on the NFL Sunday card. And, of course, we've got the Monday Nighter as well. We will get to that in this final hour of the program. James, before we dive back into the game-by-game breakdown, I want to take a look at some of these divisions in the NFL and odds to win each division. Uh, You and I spoke about this one a little bit last week. I think we were talking about the Titans and the Bills game, and we saw the Indianapolis Colts had come off of that win over the Houston Texans, and I don't know if that's, uh, you know, anything that's surprising or anything like that, but, of course, they will have another game with the Texans. Of course, they will have two games with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and here are the Colts at plus 350 to win this division, and... They have, of course, the Sunday night football game coming up uh, in Santa Clara. Weather is certainly a big factor there, but I know a lot of people that like the Colts in this game. I've really seen sharp opinions on both sides of the Sunday night football game, but if they're to pull off the win there, and we talked about this too, if you're thinking about uh, you know betting Tennessee to, uh, to win the AFC or something like that, bet them now before the Buffalo game. Sure enough, they win that. Yep. Now their odds have changed. If you think Indianapolis at plus 350 might be a good bet to win the AFC South, bet them now because obviously that's going to change in a big way if they knock off San Francisco. Yeah, I just think right now it's still going to be a tall order for them to be able to get back into that division. And it's, we know it's a it's a two-team race in that division in the AFC South. And really the weakest division in my mind in all of football, top to bottom. I'm not impressed with the Tennessee Titans. We know their defensive struggles. And yeah, offensively starting to find themselves. Really got Derrick Henry going the last handful of weeks. Just the power runner that he is. And man, when is he going to slow down? It's just such a, such a tough back to get in front of. I don't think any defenders like getting in front of Derrick Henry. He threw some more guys to the ground last week, too. But I, I just think that's the thing for the Colts right now. Another, the, There's a lot of injuries, we know, on that offensive line. They're really struggling, and I think it's going to be a tall order. I think this is a tough game for them to go into San Francisco. Whoever wins that game is going to be whoever rushes the football best, and I don't like where this offensive line stands currently for the Colts going into this matchup against the 49ers. So, yeah, I guess you're looking at the number. That's a nice number sitting there where they're at right now, plus 350 to win that division. And, yeah, don't love Tennessee as far as their defense is concerned, but – I I, just, I don't like where the Colts are at right now offensively with not only with the, the offensive line struggles that we're seeing with the injuries, but also the fact that it's Carson Wentz, and he's just not a quarterback that I'm going to trust to, number one, make the plays when they need to do it throughout the season. And the other piece, too, Brady, is can he stay healthy throughout the season? We know he's fighting through a lot of injuries preseason and during the season, but he's just pretty frail when it comes to the injury bug, and I suspect we're probably going to see something happen to Carson Wentz as we progress through the season. I just don't know if he's able to play all these games and play a full 17-game season. James, what about the AFC West? I know you like the Raiders this week to get it done 
over the Philadelphia Eagles. That would put them at 5-2, and two, and they pick up uh, half a game, if you will, on the Los Angeles Chargers, who are currently in their bye week and leading the AFC West. The Raiders at 8-1 to one to win that division. And what stands in the way there is the Kansas City Chiefs, in your opinion on this team. They're, they're actually still the favorite to win this division, which I find a little bit surprising at plus 110. Of course, they've lost a head-to-head matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers already, the Chargers at plus 125. Again, the Raiders at 8-1. to one. Do you think the Raiders maybe, in your mind, have a better shot or are a better bet to win this division than Kansas City? Man, uh, it's so hard to, to to think about. It's just so hard for me to say, yeah, I'm going to go against Mahomes. Obviously, we don't love, don't even forget love. I don't like anything about the Kansas City Chiefs defense, and they've played exactly like I think most folks thought they were going to be and just really below standards defensively for a championship-caliber football team, at least on the offensive side with Mahomes and and that offense to be able to put points on the board, but you got to get stops too. But thinking about where the Raiders are, to me, I think the the most complete team in this division, I know they got some injuries, but they're going to be able to lick their wounds right now with their bye week as the Chargers on both sides of the football. I like the playmakers that they have on defense, defensive line. I like the secondary that we see out of the Chargers as well. And I like that offensive line. I know they had a couple injuries going into that game against Baltimore. I just feel like there was that was going to be a tough game for them to go on the road after just leaving it all on the field the week prior in that matchup against the Cleveland Browns. And both teams suffered a lot of injuries in that matchup. And really, it was really I was such a grueling game it was going to be hard to be able to bring that same level of physicality against a very physical team in Baltimore but I think right now to me it's the chart the Chargers are I don't, I don't want to take the Raiders here to win this division I think there's a lot of holes it starts on the offensive line for the Las Vegas Raiders it's a young offensive line and a lot of new a lot of new faces from what we've seen in the years past and I think it's still learning on the fly and growing uh, but right now I think the best team in that AFC West let's just call it the most complete team on both sides of the football is the Chargers so I don't want to take the Raiders right now to say they have an opportunity to win the AFC West yeah I, I agree with you I think uh, the Chargers are the best team in that division and plus 120 is the current price to win it. I'm a little surprised uh, there's still a second choice behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And you talk about the Raiders. 8-1 to is a nice number, and obviously I think they have a shot. But we also have to realize they're going to play the rest of the season with an interim head coach. And how's that project going to work out? We, we, it worked uh, for the first week in Denver. Uh, how is it going to play out over the rest of the season? We will see. So I'm with you. I, I don't know if I would go down that rabbit hole and, and you know invest uh, in the Raiders to win the AFC, uh, AFC West at this point. Let's look at the NFC West, and I find this one interesting as well, James. The Cardinals have moved into the minus money category to win this division. Minus 140 on the Arizona Cardinals, who are, of course, at 6-0 and and currently on top in the division, minus 140 to win the NFC West. The Rams are the second choice at plus 150. The 49ers at 16-1. to And then, of course, the Seattle Seahawks at 40-1 to now. Uh, they may not get Russell Wilson back until week 10 or 11 uh, into the second half of the season when they get their star quarterback back. So I understand the big number on Seattle. Uh, anything jump out at you there in the NFC West, James? 
No, I mean it, to me, it's it's the Rams. I think this is their division to to lose. I think they're. I think the Rams. When it's all said and done, the Rams are going to win this division in the NFC. And, and great story so far, and playing very well. I think the defensive side is what I'm most surprised with. I didn't expect the defense for the Cardinals to play as well as they have thus far through the first six games of the season. But you know, they, they this is going to be they've they've been relishing kind of that underdog role. They definitely did last week going into Cleveland and and feeding off that nobody gives us a chance with the injuries and the COVID going through with the coaching staff and some of the other players that were not available for that game in Cleveland and got to play that along but as they start to become favorite now obviously a huge favorite going into this game against the the Houston Texans they should handle their business but what does that look like now on a short week playing Green Bay and there's still a lot of other high level games that now there's going to be expectations for the Arizona Cardinals I think the the expectation was can this team not be last in the NFC West and it's a tough division and they got a lot more tough games to fight through in that division but I think right now for me the Rams and you look at their schedule where they lined up I mean they're playing Detroit this week they get to play at Houston next week they still have a few other pretty I mean they get to play they get to host the Jacksonville Jaguars later in the season I just think with the schedule how it plays out right now for the the Rams and I think they're they're the most complete team on both sides of the football too. make mine the Rams within the NFC West when it's all said and done All right, let's move back to the schedule for Sunday, the Sunday card in Week 7 of the NFL. We've hit the late slate, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Florida will be playing an afternoon contest. The Chicago Bears, 3-3 on the season, falling to the Packers last week at home. They will visit the 5-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are on extra rest, who won on last Thursday night over the Philadelphia Eagles. I made this line 11, James. It opened at 13.5 and we saw it tick down to 12 and a half now down to 11 and a half you've got a lot of injuries really a lot of injuries for both teams in this game along the defensive line for Chicago Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks uh, Antonio Brown Rob Gunkowski and Levante David all out for Tampa Bay what is your take on this one currently Bucks favored by 12 that's the consensus number with a total of 47. I think for well, you know where I stand for the survivor. I've got all my, I'm all in on the on the Bucks to to survive in advance and move forward with this game. I think with the number here, yeah, you mentioned the injuries for the defensive side for the the Chicago Bears. Akeem Hicks is listed as out. He's not going to be out there. Khalil Mack's been dealing with a foot injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. He did was limited in practice on Friday. I suspect he'll get out there and he'll continue to gut it out. But I think it's just going to be Brady should be able to name his score here. And I know he's missing Brown and Gronkowski's not there. But this is you can talk about the depth when it comes to the the playmaking ability for this Bucks team. Uh, so much depth and they can run the football too and I think with those injuries for Chicago this could get away from them just thinking about the rookie quarterback now he's going to have to go on is he going to be able to go on the road Justin Fields and be able to match scores I know there's a lot of injuries in that secondary for Tampa but is he going to be able to take advantage of it sure would like the the Bears a lot better in this spot if they had David Montgomery back there running the football but we know he's not available for this contest and I just think that puts a lot of pressure on this Bears offense to have to match scores throwing the football with Justin Fields and I think what we've seen from Justin Fields is it's a quick read, and if that read's not there, uh, it, that's where the struggles come in. And I think for defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, going to show a lot of defensive fronts, really try to confuse the rookie quarterback before Fields back there. And I think he's going to be prone to make some, he's going to make some bad throws. He's going to make some bad reads, really leading to bad throws. And I just don't like the spot here for the Bears defensively banged up going into this spot, and then the Bucks having extra time to prepare 
and be ready to get after it here because they played that Thursday. So an extra few days to prep and get healthier on that offensive line. I like the Bucks here in this spot. I'm not going to lay that number. I'm just trying to get through Survivor here, but I don't want to take the Bears in this spot. Yeah, Tampa Bay, one of the best teams in the league at stopping the run. And, of course, you have the injuries to the Bears in the backfield. So I don't know you know, how much of a running game. there. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Justin Fields to throw the ball to stay in this game. The Buccaneers, they were beaten twice in division last year by the New Orleans Saints. They have the New Orleans Saints up on deck next. But Chicago also beat Tampa Bay last year. So this game should have the Bucks' attention. We'll be back with more in just a moment. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NBA season may have tipped off, but there's still time to grab your copy of the VSIN Pro Football, or excuse me, Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It has strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy, advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. The NBA Digital Guide, it's a must-have. Give yourself a betting edge this NBA season and get your copy now for only $9.99. It's available at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you winding down towards the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. But we have found ourselves in Glendale where the Houston Texans will face the undefeated 6-0 Arizona Cardinals. James, I made this line 17 and that's where it opened up. We've seen it get as high as 18 and a half and when I dig deeper into the numbers, it actually comes out closer to like a 13 or 14 point game for me. Uh, so I imagine many betters are going to, you know, go that way because we don't see people wanting to lay 18, 17, 18 and a half points, whatever it is. You've also got, and you've, you've spoken about this earlier in the program, Arizona off of that big win over the Cleveland Browns. And what do they have next up? They've got a short week, a Thursday night game with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and that's just it. Not only from last week against the Browns, but if you think about the the games that Arizona has been playing the last few weeks, really, really physical games, very intense games. The week before that, they hosted San Francisco, 17 to 10 win. That was an incredibly physical game, and San Francisco did a great job of being able to contain Murray in that game. And then the week before that, big win for the Cardinals on the road against the Rams, and really handled the Rams from start to finish in a sense. There too, played tremendous on both sides of the football to me this just smells like the flat spot here now is it going to be flat for four quarters I'm not betting on four quarters I'm just betting on two quarters and I'm staying away from the full game I've taken the Texans in some other spots here with big numbers like that and thinking about the Bills game where it was 16 to nothing at the half it was really bad weather in that game up at Buffalo but that's where at least from that that aside from that game the the Texans have been very competitive, at least in the first two quarters, for the first 30 minutes of each game. They were just down 10-3 to last week against the Colts, and I think that's just where the struggles for me is they just struggle to score, and they're going to continue to struggle to score in this game, too. It's just more so, how long does it take for the Cardinals to wake up? I think they're going to come in a little groggy, a little sleepy here in this game, just thinking about the last three games of how how high intensity, how physical those games were. Now you're going to play a bad team here in the Houston Texans. 
uh, a non-conference game to boot, and then a short week against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers rolling into to Arizona on Thursday night. This just smells like at least for the first 30 minutes, I'm hoping they kind of sleepwalk through this game. And so I did find a 10-and-a-half in the first half in favor for plus points, obviously, with the Texans. But I like the hook there, plus 10-and-a-half. That's what I'm going with, Texans in the first half, not for the game. Pretty interesting when you look at the market here in Las Vegas. There are 17. Let me see if there's a 17. Not a flat 17, but there are 17 and a halfs in the market. There are 18s and there are 18 and a half. So there is certainly some variance on this game, uh, which is kind of interesting. You don't always see that. Uh, and obviously this number's, you know, kind of so out of whack. It, it's not as surprising. We don't, you're not going to see that with, a, you know, a seven or a three or something like that. But uh, a lot of variance here in the market on this one uh this is the one game on the schedule this week james where uh in the week prior an underdog won outright that was the arizona cardinals upsetting the cleveland browns as underdogs and then in the following week they flipped to the role of the favorite which they have done here in week seven and that is typically not a good recipe uh betting on a favorite that is flipped from that underdog that wins outright going into the role of the favorite also Arizona 0-5 against the spread as home favorites of seven points or more. And since 1980, you'll like to hear this as a Texans backer, James. Since 1980, road underdogs of more than 14 points, 43-28-4 against the number. That's 60% of the time. Good. Well, then Arizona, no need to show up. It's or these trends are it's already done. against you here. It's so done. good. There we go. <laughs> Texans moving along, and so much for being undefeated through the through week seven for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the Cardinals, like we talked about, I think they'll be they're, they're not going to bring that high energy that first part of the game. I think they'll suspect. I suspect they'll wake up at some point. Does it happen in the second half? Does it happen in the second quarter? Uh, clearly, the Cardinals by far the better team on both sides of the football against this the bad Texans team. But the one thing you can say with the Texans is it's kind of similar to Detroit where you know these guys are professionals too and hey we show up each and every week we're trying to prove that we can play as far as individuals are concerned that we can play in the National Football League but you know just devoid of talent and I think over the course of 60 minutes that's what we're seeing happen to the Texans where they just can't sustain that competitive balance for four quarters and then some questionable coaching moves as well we saw that with the Patriots game a few weeks back where they I mean the Texans had that game in hand and really just completely completely dumped it in that the the second half and in particular in the fourth quarter to the New England Patriots but they have been competitive so let's go let's at least compete for for 30 minutes here Brady is what I'm banking on yeah and it makes sense that you know these big underdogs of greater than 14 points typically don't cover I mean how often do we see that in the NFL it's just uh you like our friend Chris Andrews says it's the uh, land of diminishing returns when you get that high of a number it's pretty hard to overcome it and uh to the tune of 18 and a half here in the contest in town and uh, still some 18 and a halfs in the live market as well in favor of the Arizona Cardinals Sunday night football in the Bay Area James the San Francisco 49ers off of their bye week and they're trying to get a little healthier here with the time off Jimmy Garoppolo back at quarterback Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon in the backfield but they're still without George Kittle he is on IR Javon Kinlaw is out along that defensive line and then on the offensive line Trent Williams listed as doubtful now the Colts have a lot of players banged up as well T.Y. Hilton was downgraded to out for this game 
Indy has covered the number for three state uh, three straight games in a row now, but really one story for sure, James, is the weather in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium. It looks like it's going to be nasty with winds over 20 miles an hour and rain up to an inch on Sunday in Santa Clara. Yeah, so I think we're going to see some we're going to see some sloppy field out there. We're going to see some probably some sloppy play, not only from the footing perspective, but just the ball's going to be wet. It's going to be slippery. Who which team is going to make the least amount of mistakes in that environment to to stay on top and be able to win this game? And I think it's going to be whichever team can run the football best. And we're here with the San Francisco 49ers coming off their bye. We know what the identity of what Shanahan wants to do offensively is he wants to pound the football with that zone blocking scheme and plug in. I know they've had a a lot of injuries at the running back position but we see the same thing with the cleveland browns and they can just plug and play whoever that whether it's kareem hunt or it's going to be chubb or yeah it doesn't matter neither of those guys need to be there it's just we plug anybody in it's about the scheme and i think that's where it does hurt that kittle is not out there for the 49ers because he's tremendous not only catching the football at the tight end position but really a great run blocker and really an you know he, he is the heart of that team offensively but I just think for the Colts here, this is not a this is not a team that I trust going in. We know that offensive line is really still beat up for them. They just lost in the secondary. They just lost one of their young studs back there, Julian Blackman, tore his Achilles this week in practice, so he has gone for the season. Unfortunate situation for him, but I'm going to trust Carson Wentz to go on the road and play a clean football game in bad weather. And that the one thing that we know with San Francisco is they will they should be able to dominate up front against that that makeshift offensive line for the Colts here. I think we're going to see some mistakes out of Carson Wentz. I think he starts to revert back to the type of player that he play in that hero ball because I think they're going to struggle to run the football. Will the Colts, and it's going to fall on Wentz to have to play clean. You mentioned some of the injuries there at the wide receiver position. T.Y. Hilton not going to be playing, nor is Paris Campbell. So banged up at the wide out position as well for the Colts here. I, I kind of like looking at this number here. I'm thinking maybe I don't, I'm not going to get involved with that number, but team total for the Colts is sitting at 20 and a half. It's juiced to $1.25, but I think it's going to be tough for the Colts to be able to make plays consistently to score in this game. I like that spot. That's probably the way that I'm going to be looked to leaning here is team total under for the Colts, 20 and a half points, a little bit of juice that you have to pay. But it's going to be an ugly game, and it's going to be tough for the Colts to be able to score in this matchup. Well, we talked about uh, teams you know, going into their bye week, whether they're struggling or going in on a roll, and obviously the San Francisco 49ers going in struggling, having lost three straight games and also banged up with injury too. So it could be a very get-healthy spot here for San Francisco if they're able to regroup and get a W here over the Colts on Sunday night. And you kind of allude to this, James. Uh, it was the Houston Texans last week that the Colts beat 31-3, to but that victory was really not that pretty as that score might have looked. Indianapolis was only up 10-3 to at the half. They were 3 of 10 in converting third downs on offense. Carson Wentz completed just 11 passes in that game, and the Colts were also a beneficiary of three Houston turnovers. As for San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan in his career has never beaten the Colts with the Niners, with the Falcons, or with Washington. He's also 0-2 in his career against Carson Wentz, but Kyle Shanahan 5-0 and straight up and against the spread when he is coming off exactly three straight losses, James. So uh, we'll see if all those trends play out there, which way they will favor. But uh, I think uh, I, I'm kind of with you on the 49ers. I, again, I like the struggling team going into a bye, and uh, I'm not sure if this Colts team was really as spectacular as that win may have looked last week in Indianapolis. We'll come back. 
The Monday Nighter is next right here on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get free access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Wrapping up the Pro Football Blitz, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, and we've come down to the Monday Nighter here. The Monday Nighter in the Pacific Northwest, James, expected to be a factor here is weather as well. We talked about the Sunday night game in Santa Clara, really the whole West Coast experiencing a lot of rain and high winds, and it looks like that will be the case in Seattle as well. 10 to 20 mile an hour winds and rain for the Seattle Seahawks hosting the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are another team that is off of a bye week. We had four teams take their bye in week week six. And and with the kind of weather that we're expecting here in Seattle, James, you would think, and, and you talked about this again with San Francisco and Indianapolis, you would also think here in this game on Monday night that the running game will be the focus, and, and that could be a difficult uh, path, path to victory, if you will, for the Seattle Seahawks because Chris Carson is injured. You've got Alex Collins, who was very good in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last Sunday night. He is also injured. Now, Rashad Penny is supposed to be back for Seattle, but on the flip side, the New Orleans Saints, they lead the league on defense in yards allowed per rush. So if the onus is going to have to be on the running game, it could be tough sledding for Seattle. And I think both teams are going to have to run the football. You mentioned some of the injuries. Yeah, Collins, he was limited in practice. He didn't practice throughout the week, but he did. He was limited in practice on Saturday, so did try to give it a go and had some functionality come practice time for for Saturday's late afternoon here for for their practice for the CLC Hawks. But I'm thinking about here going on the road as a a four-and-a-half, five-point favorite, depending on where you look, are the New Orleans Saints. They've got some injuries, too, and namely to some of their different packages that they run. Deontay Harris, we know he's a speed burner little guy, but really shifty, and they like to get him out in space and create some packages for him to try to utilize his speed because he does have the ability to get it to the house if he's got if he's got some clear lane to run. He's not going to play in this game. He is out with a hamstring injury, and Taysom Hill. Not going to be available either. He's out with a concussion. So we know what Peyton loves to bring Taysom Hill in, short yardage and different packages that they really that you have to game plan for as an opponent defensively, knowing that when Taysom Hill comes in, this is a different it's different packages as opposed to what you're going to see out of Jameis Winston. Well, it's all Jameis Winston's game here, and I think really it's going to be Jameis Winston looking. You talked about the weather, and it's going to be rainy and, and windy. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as what we're going to see in San Francisco for Sunday night football, but it's not going to be ideal weather conditions either. It's going to be really suited to running the football and going to have to rely on Alvin Kamara quite a bit, I think, will the New Orleans Saints, but I think both teams are going to struggle. That's why that total is sitting where it is. I don't think I'm going to get involved, at least not not right now. If anything, I'd probably be looking at the home dog on Monday night with Seattle getting that four and a half or five, and probably also looking at this total. I like. I think that's probably where I'd be. I'd begin as far as getting involved here is playing this under. I think both teams are going to struggle to move the football cons- 
consistently, especially through the air. We know what Geno Smith out there. He's got targets, but yeah, that's really struggled last week. Thinking about that Pittsburgh game, couldn't get anything going in the passing game in that first week. So what do they do at or in first half? Second half, they go in at halftime. We're going to run the football. And Collins had a really good game in that second half, pounding the football the way that he did. But yeah, what is his availability going to look like too? So really short on both sides offensively here. I think that's probably where I'm leaning. I think I'm just talking myself into looking at this <laughs> under more and more, Brady. I just don't know where the big plays are going to come from uh, on either offense right now. Well, I think you make a good point about some of the injuries for the New Orleans Saints, and I think Taysom Hill definitely is a factor. They do get a couple of players back, though it looks like, that are a big deal here. Taron Armstead along that offensive line, and then Eric McCoy, the center, uh, who I believe was injured in the very first game of the season. It looks like he may be able to return to action here on Monday night in Seattle, and then also cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Looks like he may be able to get back in the lineup for New Orleans as well. Uh, James, we spoke about this last week, trying to handicap this one theoretically, if you will. Uh, the game that uh, the New Orleans or the uh, Seattle Seahawks were playing against the Steelers, we felt that that would be a a rally the troops effort. That first game back since Russell Wilson had gone down on Thursday night in that loss to the Rams, but now in the follow up week, I think reality sets in and Superman is gone. And I just don't know about relying on J on uh, Geno Smith to be able to do it against the defensive team in New Orleans that is pretty darn good. Right, and that's where I just I think the more we more I think about it, more we talk about it. Just thinking, I, I don't love the Seattle defense by any means, but I just think that the Saints offensively, yeah, they're getting their offensive line healthy again, but there's just no playmaking ability out there. You're losing Taysom Hill as far as the run packages are concerned, and then Harris out there is the big play potential with his speed not being out there. I just think we're going to see some struggles offensively out of New Orleans Saints going on the road, and yeah, I. The energy is going to be there. They're going to feed off that 12th man. And, you know, for whatever home field advantage is worth in the NFL nowadays, um, these, you know, these teams are very prepared when it comes to communication, those types of things going on the road and playing in those environments. But it is going to be a loud environment. It's going to be the, the weather is not going to be conducive for a lot of points here either. And I think I think from the Seattle side, they're going to have to try to be conservative with Geno Smith. Just kind of move, run the football if you can, move the sticks, easy third down throws for Geno Smith. And, yeah, I think more so with the New Orleans Saints, really, it's going to be a lot of Kamara. I think he's going to he's going to have to have a huge game for the Saints offensively to be able to muster up some consistency on their drives. And Jameis Winston, when do we see the real Jameis Winston? We've seen it. The, the Saints have been just a weird team up and down all season, right? They, they can't finish off a bad Giants team at home when they're up 21 to 10 in the fourth quarter and dump that game to the New York Giants and losing their home opener in a sense. What do we see? Do we see the team that played very well in Washington the week, the last week or before their buy? Or do we see the team that, that didn't show up against the Carolina Panthers on the road or the team that couldn't finish the game at the Giants? It's another one of those teams, I think, for me, with the defense, they're going to compete. But offensively, I just don't trust the Saints to be able to go and cover a number like this, four and a half or five, on the road, especially on Monday night in Seattle. Yeah, and uh, of course, the Saints team, another team that went into their bye week in week six, and, and I think it's probably a good thing, James, because of exactly what you're talking about. Now, they come off of a win, had a nice win against the Washington Reds, or Washington football team, um, but you you just don't know what you're going to get. It's been the, the absolute Jekyll and Hyde team of the NFL this year, so I, I feel it's kind of like a referee 
uh, in an NBA basketball game calling timeout when his team is lacking consistency and rhythm. And I feel like the bye week is that for the New Orleans Saints. And maybe this allows them to establish some consistency going forward. I think it was a good time for the bye for the New Orleans Saints, even though they went into it off of a win, uh, because they have been topsy-turvy all season long. So I think that was well-timed for this team. And then conversely for Seattle, this is also their third straight primetime game. They played on Thursday night in a loss to the Rams, Sunday night in a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now the Monday nighter. Those are pressure-packed situations, and I think the Saints coming in off of that rested week, I think that gives them an edge here. I think uh, for, uh, definitely offensively, especially the fact that they're getting healthier on the offensive line. And what are we going to see? Uh, what are we going to see out of their passing game? I know we, you can run the, you can score on Seattle. This is not a good defense. I know those two safeties back there with Diggs and Jamal Adams. They're big hitters and try to make the big splash plays, but they also can be undisciplined, especially Adams. They move him all around the field and has the potential to to make big plays, but also give up big plays. I just don't know if in the passing game for the New Orleans Saints if this is a team that I'm going to trust with Jameis Winston to be able to take advantage of some of those, some of the, the, the secondary and their, their lack of discipline on that back end for the Seattle Seahawks. It's just, this just smells like it's going to be a, a running game. It's going to be the bad weather. Like we talked about, it's just going to be to me a, a low scoring game and the saints being able to rely on their defense here. And can they cover this number on the road? Yeah, I think so because Seattle's going to struggle to score offensively, but I don't want to lay that many points on the road playing in Seattle on Monday night with Jameis Winston at the helm and no other big playmakers out there aside from Alvin Kamara. I think you're going to see a lot of stack boxes bringing digs and especially Jamal Adams up there. A lot of eight-man fronts to try to take away Kamara, not only in the run game, but also in the pass game here. I think this just smells like an under to me, and that's where I'm leaning here. I like the under in this matchup. Yeah, I know. I think it makes a lot of sense, and you throw in the the weather as well. Not really the rain. That might not necessarily affect a uh, game going under or over the total, but definitely the wind. Uh, wind is what uh, sharp bettors really pay attention to when they're looking at betting totals, and if that wind gets too too feisty, it can knock down a lot of balls that these quarterbacks are trying to throw. They have to revert to the ground game, and that makes that clock tick, and really plays into the hands of a game going under the total. I did lay a little bit better than $2 on the money line on the Saints in this game, James. I was actually very surprised to see this line come out as high as it did. I made the number three, and it came out at four and a half. Even there were some fives out there. That's not a real advantageous number to use in a teaser. So I laid the wood here a couple of bucks with the New Orleans Saints on the money line. I do think they have an edge, especially off that buy, and I think maybe Seattle will regress a little bit in the second game with Geno Smith at the helm. We'll wrap up the program next. It's the Pro Football Blitz right here at VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start drafting good in the neighborhood with Applebee's Fantasy Football Throwdown. Play for free in a pro football contest and feast on the competition for your shot at a share of $5,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Applebee's now to get in on the action. Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions may apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 
Back in the Pro Football Blitz here, Brady Cannon and James Salinas wrapping up the program. We made our way all the way through the Monday Nighter, and now in the final segment, want to recap everything that we did for the Sunday card in the NFL. Get a quick glimpse at what James and I both like in these games. And James, I will start with the top of the card, or the top of the rotation rather, for Sunday, and that is in Baltimore, Cincinnati, and the Baltimore Ravens. Cincinnati with a win will tie the Ravens for the lead in the division. A very good looking contest here I think you and I both agree on that and Cincinnati really much improved this season and exceeding expectations so far they're catching six and a half or six points here on the road at Baltimore with a total of 46. I think it's going to be a competitive game. That number, I, I lean towards the Bengals getting that six and a half. And really, it's the defense. I think that's what we've seen so far. That front line, much better defensively than what they've been in the past. And Ricardo Allen really allows those two safeties with Bell and Bates to kind of roam around. It's going to be a very physical game. I think both sides of the football. And I think it's going to be a tight game. But I favor more the under here. It's sitting at 46 and a half. That's where I played it. I like the I like the Bengals plus the points, but I like the under better. So that's where I'm rolling under 46 and a half in this matchup all right Carolina at the New York Giants and it seems this is one of the games on the schedule that is garnering the least amount of interest this week Carolina on the road in the Meadowlands laying three points on the road and there's actually juice on the dog looks like there's been a little interest on New York here James interesting and thinking about the injuries for New York and uh, I mean especially offensively missing their both tackles the tackles are moving around because of Brent or uh, Thomas being gone now so it, missing three starters I believe on the offensive line Saquon Barkley still going to be out Galladay Tony just a lot of issues with this offense and then issues with the Giants just playing at home they've been awful at home they're 0-3 this season they've scored just four touchdowns in those three games at home and two of those were in garbage time where they just were blown out by Denver and really hammered by the Rams. I think the Boo Birds come out early in the stands for the New York Giants, and it's a tough spot. I don't want to take the Panthers, though. Sam Darnold going back to MetLife, where he played as a Jet for a long time, and he's kind of regressed the last few weeks, so I'm staying away from the side in both of these games, for both either of these sides here, but I am playing the team total for the Giants. It's sitting at 20 and a half. I'm going under. I played a little juice. I paid 20 cents on that, but under 20 and a half, I just don't know where the points are going to come from the Giants, and I like the pass rushing edge of, of Reddick and Burns on the outside make mine under 20 and a half points team total for the New York Giants yeah I'm not doing anything with this game myself uh, Washington and Green Bay I do have Washington teased up to plus 15 currently the number is eight in favor of the Packers there are some eight and a halfs out there which way are you going here James I'm not going any which way. Any team that picks up a kicker named Chris Blewett, no yeah. thanks. I don't want any player that has that. That's bad karma rolling in there, Blewett. you got to change your name, young fella. Uh, it's just Washington, the defense is talk about a big disappointment. Any, any defense more disappointing this season through the first handful of games than the Washington football team? Just see no adjustments here. I just don't like the Packers in this spot, the scheduling spot here. All the high-level games they played, short week going on the road to Arizona on Thursday night. I'd probably lean towards Washington getting those points, but I don't trust their defense, so I'm just staying away from this game completely. Kansas City and Tennessee ought to be a barn burner. I imagine there's going to be a lot of points scored, and we've seen this total really soar through the roof all the way up to 57.5 now. Both of these teams, uh, neither of them have great defenses, a couple of the worst in the league, really. Uh, but how is either one uh, going to stop each other? Where are the uh, points going to stop? I don't know. Right now, Kansas City, a road favorite. They were 5.5 now down down to four and a half in favor of the Featherheads. 
and Kansas City just struggles to cover numbers. Can they win this football game based on Mahomes and going into Tennessee? Don't like either of these teams' defense. That total sitting around 57.5, 58, I see in a few places. It's too big of a number for me to lay and say uh, I'll take the over. Everybody has to make plays, but both teams can make plays. But I just don't trust either of these defenses. This game, Brady feels like whoever has the ball last will probably probably win the football game. Who that ends up being based on both of these defenses, I don't trust either of these defenses to make plays in the fourth quarter to get off the field. So maybe an in-game play for me, but I I, I don't trust either D. I'm staying away. I did uh, tease the Tennessee Titans up and over the 10 to 10 and a half. Uh, I I think this game is going to be a one-score game. I don't think it's going to get to double digits one way or another. The Atlanta Falcons are in Miami to take on the Dolphins. Miami coming back from London, Atlanta off of a bye. And they're a short road favorite, basically two and a half everywhere in the market. But there are some twos and even a one and a half I'm seeing in favor of Atlanta. Yeah, money coming in on the Dolphins, surprisingly enough. I, I've already been stung. I've taken the bait on the Dolphins a couple times this season. I'm, I'm throwing it back. This I don't want anything to do with the fish here in this spot. The, the, the offensive line's awful. They've struggled all season to move the football with any consistency. Can't run the ball either. And then defensively, they will get their starting corners back. They did not play last week with both Jones and Howard should be available in this matchup, as well as their top receiver, Devontae Parker. I think he'll be available for this game against the Falcons. And maybe the Falcons Arthur Smith starting to find themselves a little bit last three weeks. Matt Ryan, almost 900 yards passing, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Do we want to take the Falcons? If I bet it, I got to watch it. I don't want to watch this game. I'm staying away. (laughs) I did bet the Falcons minus the two and a half, and obviously that's not the best number, but it remains under that key number of three. So I went ahead and jumped in on the Falcons. I like the fact that they're coming off of a bye, and I think Miami's really a mess right now. We will see. Uh, Let's go to New England. The New England Patriots, 0-1 four at home this season they'll play game number five of the year in Foxborough hosting the New York Jets a team they beat already earlier this season they're laying seven with a total of 42 and a half uh, I'd lean towards the Jets. I haven't made a play here, Brady, but can Zach, Zach Wilson has nowhere else to go but up, thinking how bad he was in that first matchup. Four turnovers, four interceptions, poor reads, but he's got a few more games under his belt. That was back in week two against Bill Belichick in that defense. And Yeah, I think Mac Jones by far has been the best quarterback, best rookie quarterback so far through six games in the NFL, but just don't trust the Patriots to be able to consistently score in this game. I think the strength of the Jets is going to be in that front line, and it's going to be a struggle for, uh, for for the Patriots to run the football here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, an ugly game, based on what that total is sitting at 42.5. I'd probably lean towards the under, but I'd probably like the Jets better getting that 7. I think it'll be a close game. So no bet as of yet, but I like the Jets side plus the 7 if I had to bet it. Yeah, I, uh, I don't mind seven. I went ahead and bought the half point, took it to seven and a half, and I like the Jets catching the points here coming off of their bye. All right, the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams, I think you and I agree here, not involved, but if we had to be, we'd probably lay the wood here up to 16 or 16 and a half on the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, big number. I won't lay that. Not going to do that in the NFL. But yeah, if I'm going to do one of these double digits, it would be the Rams to cover that number. But looking at some of the props here, I think with with Goff going back, he's going to want to prove himself. But I don't think he's got the he doesn't have the playmakers to do it, nor do I think he's got the ability to do it here going against that Rams front. I think it's going to be a tough one here for for Goff to make any kind of plays. Looking at this here for Goff, if you want to lay the juice, I was thinking about doing this. Haven't made a play on this game yet, Brady. But for Goff to throw an interception is minus 135. I think we'll 
we'll definitely see one of those come out of his hands, throw it to the wrong football team here, but more so I like here with Stafford. I think for McVay and Stafford, McVay's got something to prove as to why they made the trade and brought Stafford in. We've seen He's got 16 touches passes on the season. Should be able to make some plays here. I like over two and a half passing touchdowns for Stafford. It's even money plus 100. If I was going to do anything with the dog here, I might play Detroit in the first half. They're, they might come out with some energy. They play hard for this coach, but I don't trust them to have the talent to keep up with the Rams for the entire 60 minutes. Uh, looking at the Philadelphia Eagles here in Las Vegas against the Raiders, pretty much three points across the board in favor of Las Vegas, but we are seeing some two and a half show up uh, ticking down towards the Eagles side James interesting yeah I like the Raiders here I laid the three if you get two and a half even better I think we saw last week what was their mindset going to be they came in and looked very galvanized last week with all the John Gruden all, all that distraction well I think they get a chance to exhale now they don't have to answer those questions they can move forward and they don't have the dictator on the sideline anymore so no we're looking over their shoulder I like where the Raiders stand here and the Philadelphia Eagles what, it's all Jalen Hurts. They don't run the football. He's their bus runner, really. He's the only one that has the most attempts. So it's going to be a one-dimensional team going into going into Las Vegas in this matchup. I like the Raiders laying three. I did tease Philadelphia up to plus nine. All right, Houston and Arizona, another big spread. I don't think either of you or either of you and I have a play on this, but you did play as far as a contest goes. You did play Houston in the first half plus ten and a half. Nice job grabbing ten and a hook in that one. Tampa. Bay and Chicago. I know you've got the Buccaneers across the board in your survivor entry, so you're rooting hard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Sunday Nighter, both you and I kind of lean towards the uh, San Francisco 49ers there. Not really sold on the Indianapolis Colts. And then finally, the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. I am on the New Orleans Saints on the money line in that one. James, great to be with you as always. Enjoy your NFL weekend, my friend, and we'll do it again next week. Yeah.